from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Welcome to the third hour of the G and Ursula Show. We sure do appreciate you tuning in to 97.3 Cairo FM every 9 to noon, Monday through Friday. So happy to have you with us. Our Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line is 888-973-5476-888-973 Cairo. Also invite you to hang out with us on the G and Ursula Show Facebook page, which has been very active lately. And we love the community there. Appreciate all your comments. But let's get to it. Uh, We've got Mike Lewis here uh, in 4G today. And coming up after 1130. Actually, I want to mention something. You know how I love highlighting ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So coming up at 1130, we're going to hear from a friend of the show, Mike Washington. You've heard his name before. He's a retired Seattle firefighter. He is battling cancer right now. But that is not going to stop him from climbing a whole bunch of stairs with all his firefighting gear on to raise money to fight against leukemia. I love hearing from him. Every time I'm in like a down mood, like I look for the people who are positive and he's one of them. Absolutely. (laughs) So we're going to hear from him coming up at 1130. But right now it is time for Agree to Disagree brought to you by Guardian Roofing and Gutters. One of these days we just got to take off the gloves. Just really go at it. A 7% annual cap on rental increases statewide failed this year in Olympia, but that doesn't mean your city can't do something that that could accomplish the same thing. State Senator Sharon Shoemake of Bellingham tells the Tri-City Herald that if cities around the state adopt legislation like hers we could have a de facto cap on rental increases. And what I'm talking about is relocation assistance. Uh, So Bellingham passed an initiative by 62% that requires landlords to pay the equivalent of three months rent if, during a 12-month period, they raise the rent 8% or more, or more than 8%. So the idea is landlords can raise rent however much they want, but if they do it over a certain amount, they're going to have to compensate the renter for doing so. Uh, Ursula, what do you think about that proposal as opposed to just a flat 7% cap or 8% cap? Uh, I appreciate the creativity. I have come out uh, against rental caps. So, Mike, you you haven't been in on those discussions. I don't know if you've heard the show, but uh, on those days when we've discussed mm-hmm. it, but uh, essentially... I fear that uh, putting that cap could actually be to the detriment of renters in the future because it would actually potentially affect supply, which many economists will say. Now, what what you just proposed or what you just talked about is being proposed in Bellingham. It sounds like it passed maybe, in Bellingham or it passed. Yeah, 62 percent of voters okay. approved it. I think it's an interesting idea. I mean, it, it, it at least it doesn't say you cannot increase your rent but if you're going to do so in a manner that really is going to harm somebody then you have to at least make it possible for them to find other property you know another place to live i I think that may be a way to approach it i i so i don't mind um the some form of reasonable rent increase and if it's an unreasonable rent increase, given that in this state you get a lot of unreasonable rent increases because there is no rent control, that you provide some means to allow a person to move. But I do think that there should be restrictions on if this is a 
if you are renting one ADU on your property and this is the only other property that you own and you're a relatively like, I think that there should be exemptions for very small landlords, landlords, not and the I giant think that ones. would work too. And I think that there should be some caveat on do you need to, if you are going to go up more than 10% in rent, should you provide at least a month or two of free rent to that person before they have to go, before they have to bounce. I mean, there are things like that that I think are creative. I I would have to look at the numbers on something like that. But I think generally speaking, I am supportive of things that allow people to find housing is such a critical thing. Like everything unspools when housing unspools. Everything does. That's why from a homeless situation, the ideas, the modern ideas, housing first. Like when you get someone stable in their living environment, then you can get all the other stuff taken care of. And when people get evicted, that has this catastrophic effect down the downstream from them that is not even that you're not even going to deal with as a landlord, but they are going to be dealing with for a long time. And I get it. There is a personal responsibility issue. So I actually don't mind creative solutions for this because clearly we can't have rent control in this state constitutionally. And so something has to be done to provide some protection. But I do agree that where you draw that line, I I don't want to see it influence, especially like smaller landlords. I think that they sometimes bear the weight of of problems created by giant companies and Agreed. that they didn't create. Absolutely. Uh, I think this is, a, this is a perfect compromise, in my opinion, because if, if you really want to get a tenant out, you can get a tenant out this way. Um, you can go through eviction proceedings if there's an egregious problem, obviously. That costs you a ton of money as a landlord. You have to hire an attorney. You have to pursue it in court. It takes months and months. Often, the only way that a landlord can get a problem tenant out is by raising the rent by an amount that would be unreachable by that tenant. So if you want someone out, great, but you're going to have to pay for it through a different means. But the simple fact is most small landlords in this state, if you talk to them, guess what? They're not raising the rent 10 and 15%, 20%. It's the big guys. And I'd add one more thing. In a state without rent control, there is a supply problem. Mm. So. I think that some of the economists, I'm not sure that I always buy into the idea that rent control is going to create a supply problem. We have never had rent control, and we have this massive supply right. problem. So, so what is actually going on here? Then they'll but say other rate, places have tried rent control, and it hasn't helped with the supply. And other places have had rent control, and it and there still is not a supply. I mean, the, the point is that that you can find economic. I mean, what was that the whole line about mm-hmm. ec- uh, economics? That you can win a Nobel Prize for a theory, and you can win a Nobel Prize for the exact opposite, the opposite theory. <laughs> That's yes, economics, that is right? True. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, moving on to Expedia, which is going to be uh, laying off hundreds of people in the Seattle area, and and. Mike, I remember when companies like Expedia first came out, they were a game changer. They were like the secret travel hack where you could find the cheap airline ticket. You could find the hotel inventory that was not being used and get a screaming deal. Is it still worth it for you to book on sites like Expedia or Kayak, or do you generally book your flights, hotels directly with the company? I generally go direct. I do use Booking.com. I do use uh, when I was just recently visiting family uh, out of the country. Um, I used Hotel.com and Airbnb uh, in both cases. So, but I generally tend to go directly if I can for flying. Almost exclusively, I go directly to airlines, and I don't use uh, Expedia or Kayak or anything like that. Every now and then, I'll use something else for that. What about you, Ursula? Well, I'm curious though. When you say you almost always go with the airline, is it because you've had problems before? Uh, and yeah, I like the, the, the uh, issue that I have with the Expedia's of the world is it's great. You can find a good deal, mm-hmm. 
but if you have a problem, then it's no longer a good deal. Well, and and, and you're and you get locked into a flight in a manner that is very difficult to change. That's the trade-off for having a good yes. deal is the certainty that you're going to have to take this flight or no flight. And so, for me, I like a little bit more flexibility in that regard. I don't mind if the cost is similar. I just assume book through the airlines, and sometimes the airlines you'll get a little better deal from mileage standpoint, and you know, building, and, and that's the, one of the things that sort of activates me for a specific direction. Yeah. Anyway. So the, my first go-to is kayak. It's always kayak. Yep. Um, and so that's basically aggregating all of them, right? And yeah. it, it gets the best information and I start there. But um, I've, yeah, I, this last time I was in the Philippines, I went through one of those. And then you had to make a change. And I had to make a change because my mom, you know, yeah. the, my mom's situation changed. I got no, I had no recourse. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and it, gets, it was a, several thousand dollars that I was out. Yeah, that and that can happen, and everyone's got one of those stories when you use a third party system. They're not always. I mean, that you're yeah. trading sort of your certainty for a right. little bit of extra, it's you a know, a little bit, little bit of little bit of savings. And, and for me, especially when I'm traveling, because days are ticking rapidly. <laughs> And spending that time online because you're trying to fix something when you should be out doing what you wanted to do on that trip, for me, it's just worth spending a little bit more. Uh, I, I, since I'm an occasional traveler, I, I don't rack up rewards points, right? You can get a lot of deals through Booking.com or Kayak if you're a super sure. user right. and, and you use the site a lot. I don't find them to be of any value. And in fact... The problem that I have with these businesses is that they sponge off of other businesses. I think you should always, always defer to going directly to a business with your business. Because what you're doing is you're essentially saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay uh, Kayak or Expedia 10% of my airline ticket to get the exact same price as I can from the airline. And then if there's a problem or I have an issue with my hotel room, the hotel comes back to me and says, go talk to Kayak. It's their problem. You're their customer. You're not our customer. Well, right? The same thing true. with DoorDash, Uber Eats, etc. If you are ordering through those companies, you're effectively saying, I would like to pay the restaurant 30% less for their product to receive it from a third-party vendor. Like this model of disintermediation, I think is parasitic and I hate it. Well, and it also is, is, (laughs) it also is. I have worked in this industry. I get it. I get it. We, you know, I had to have the like heart to heart talk with the DoorDash people about we are, we could not be less interested. In, in dealing with you, we could not be. We do not. For people do it. don't know you own a, a, a streetline tavern yes. here in Seattle, and 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 we do not deal with any of the third party. You lose complete control of your product and money all at once. It's just for us. It was. It's generally yeah. not worth it. But I would say that a lot of the airlines, a lot of the hotels are clawing back the third party thing. They're starting to realize that they can set up systems yes. to do it themselves, and they're going to no different than the secondary ticket market, like with the stub hubs of the world. All the teams and all the org- sports organizations have clawed that back, and now yes. they are the ones who don't want to do the secondary market. I think you're going to find that happening with uh, airlines and hotels and resorts and things like Amazon, that. too. Just look what's happened Completely. to the clothing category on Amazon. Can you find a lot of name brand clothing products on Amazon? You can't. Nope. Because they've figured out, why would I sell it on your site and you take a cut? You're going to get the deal from us directly. Exactly. At 10.30 this morning, Washington State Trooper Rick Johnson talked to us about the issue of freeway shootings. He highly encourages everyone to get dash cams, uh, not only to potentially collect evidence if your dash cam witnesses some sort of altercation on the road or there's a crash, but if you are in one to potentially protect yourself. Now, Mike... 
Ursula, the only problem I see with the dash cams is that it can not only collect the evidence of what another person did, but the evidence of what I did. So, <laughs> Ursula, Bingo. do you believe do you believe it's worth getting a dash cam? Basically, I'm asking if you're uh, guilty about your driving um, <laughs> and you have anything to be ashamed of I or hide. I don't want to see my own driving. Ursula has been known for her road rage, so <laughs> no, I don't know. I've never she gets been... honked at so much during our morning meetings. <laughs> this She's is on true. Bluetooth. <laughs> this is true. I am. Thank you for pointing that out. I am on. I am on Bluetooth. I might drive a little slower when I'm listening to you know the details of each segment that we're going to do as I'm driving in. Man, just people are just so you know hot headed. When we have those meetings, it'd be great if I was actually in the car behind you, honking at you. <laughs> <laughs> During the meeting, it's like, why is this person driving so slowly? Funny that you told a story off the air, which I'm going to actually force you to share on the air because it's hilarious. But you mean about all oh, your about your near road my, rage my road situation because you're a motorcycle rider. Yeah, exactly. So um, you're, you're pointing to me, but I'm going to point it right back at you. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I ride a bicycle. This is me on a motorcycle or bicycle. I ride bicycles uh, and motorcycles. I'm on two wheels a lot. And so, and you feel a lot more vulnerable in that environment. You get a little bit hotter when th- people do something wrong, as any motorcyclist or bicyclist. Well, you're gonna, you lose 100% of the arguments, is what I like to say. But on top of that, when they make a mistake, you pay. And when you make a mistake, you pay. You like, like, you pay for everyone's mistakes, theirs and yours, if you're on a bicycle. I'm riding in, I do a loop, regular loop in, in Seattle, uh, in the Magnolia Queen Anne area. And. Because there's a lot of hills, so you get an extra yes. bit of, an extra bit of pain. Um, <laughs> and and I'm making a left turn. I'm riding uphill. I'm going relatively slowly because I'm not Adam. small, and I'm going uphill on a bicycle. And this person waited, 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 saw me for a good thirty seconds, and then just as I got there, pulled out in front of me. I made, as Trooper Rick Johnson's like to say, a hand gesture. I guess you all can guess what that is at the person as they turned because they, they pulled out. So close. I mean, it was not that dangerous, but it was that insensitive. Like, why? You had 30 seconds to, like, get and do your turn or wait. There's no one even behind me. This is early, early in the morning. And I make the left turn, heading down the road, and then I hear a car come racing up next to me. Window drops down, and this this angry dude in the car says you, and he added a sort of a descriptor of how he felt <laughs> about me. Words. Yeah, yeah, how he felt. And then he said, that was my wife. You just, you know, flipped, flipped off. off. And, I, and I thought for a minute, I just, you know, I stay calm. And I said, looked over and I said, tell me honestly, is your wife a good driver? And then he gets quiet. He's still rolling along next to me. <laughs> and he's kind of staring straight ahead. And he looks over and he goes, no. <laughs> and we both start laughing. And I said, you yeah, have a good morning. And he whips around and heads back the other direction. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, so, so I'm not okay. saying road rage pays off. I no. shouldn't have done it. No. And, that is, and it's a dumb thing to do. Because yes. I've had fr- I had one friend get actually beaten up. Um, when he when he did a similar like this is not just let it go do depersonalize it and move along. Yes, like he said, mm. he said, Trooper Rick Johnson said, let it go, let it go, because uh, in a number of these shootings that we're talking about, these random shootings, uh, they believe that road rage was involved. So it is certainly people not are right. queued up right yes. now. Mike, your your story it sounds like a joke, right? It, do you believe your wife is a good driver? 
do we have a stereotype in this country about who's better drivers, well, men or women? I don't know. So, so, but, but he said he identified the person as his wife. So I said, if he had said that was my brother, yeah. I would have said, is your brother a good driver? I, and I, I mean, I, I was. It had nothing yeah. to do with part of the perception of gender. No, 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 no. He identified. Instant. If he had said it's his mom, I would say, is your mom a good driver? Right? <laughs> Whatever. Right? We'll let the text line solve it. Who do you think are better drivers, men or women? Because <laughs> oh, no. really, we can't have this conversation we, um, on the air. Do we really want to do this? No, we don't. We don't like sweeping statements. We really want to do this. No, we really don't. Okay, still ahead, we are going to talk to one of our very favorite friends of the show, Mike Washington. He's going to be doing a stair climb uh, to raise money for leukemia research, but he is battling his own situation with cancer, and yet he is one of the most positive people I know, and I want to know what his secret is. I'm looking forward to it. So we're going to get into that next on the GN Ursula Show. Show G is out today. Mike Lewis is in. As always, we invite you to join us on the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line 888-973-5476-888-973 Cairo. And if you are a regular listener, you know that we love to highlight ordinary people doing extraordinary things on the G and Ursula show. And someone who exemplifies that is Mike Washington, former Seattle firefighter, retired Marine, Gold Star father, all around nice guy personal friend now and mike joins us on the show good morning good morning everybody thanks for having me so well thank you for coming on so you shared with us last summer mike that you are fighting cancer and you have been just someone who you've been sharing your journey with everybody and a couple of days ago, you well, while I was in Vegas, actually, you told me, hey, I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to be climbing a whole bunch of stairs uh, for a good cause. Tell us about that. Well, it's like I was sharing with, uh, with Chef. I, I kind of painted myself into a corner. Um, you know, so you have various teams of firefighters that come up from across the country to climb the Columbia Tower uh, in support of with donations and support of leukemia research. And uh and so I'm talking, you know, to the guys and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, you should you should do it. You know, how do you feel? Yeah, you look great. I'm like, I feel pretty good. You know, talk, talk, talk. Next thing you know, I'm I'm signing up. And um, <laughs> it was one of those things. It's one of those things that you do at that cocktail party when you've had a couple and you agreed to do something that the next morning you go, wait, did I? Wait, what? What just happened? And uh, so I, I, I'd done it when I was still with the fire department and I, you know, I realized what was going on and everything. But, uh, you know, so I went to my doctor and I asked her, I said, hey, uh, you know, I signed up for this, uh, this stair climb and full firefighter combat gear. Uh, what do you think? Do you think I should be doing this? And she goes, well, you know, your, your numbers are good. You know, you look good. You know, you know, yeah, yeah. If you feel good, you, you should do it. 
I'm like, Doc, I'm, I'm looking for a different answer here. I'm, I'm, I need you to sign a statement saying under no circumstances can Mike Washington do this. And then I can walk around going, I would have done it. But, you know, my doctor said no because I got the cancer, you know, and uh, she, she didn't play ball. So here I am. So, Mike, I've got a question for you. Yes, sir. Nike managed to provide, you know, inadequately thin and light uniforms for baseball players. And I'm thinking you could find some way to get some Nike to maybe make your gear just for this climb so you would have maybe a quarter of the weight everyone else does, and you could race up to the top no problems at all. Is that a sort of a pathway? Can we get Nike maybe to jump in and make some super light, potentially see-through uniforms for you guys to climb in? We could probably do something like that, but, you know, the, the, Not the, the spirit of are it. Full, full firefighting gear, on air, you know, breathing apparatus on your back, and you know, they're going to time me with a sundial, so I, I'm not <laughs> you know. Okay, well, at, at the end of this interview, we're going to tell people how they can contribute, uh, because I think it's a fantastic cause. But I want to ask you about something else. First of all, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing really good. I'm, I'm doing great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm at work, you know, working with uh, first responders and uh, and veterans, you know, doing my therapy thing. And Valerie and I are just enjoying life and the grandkids, so... Yeah, if I was doing any better, I'd get arrested. <laughs> okay, but what is your secret? Because, Mike, even after you were diagnosed, and I think I saw you shortly after you were diagnosed. Uh, in fact, I was on Lake Union trying to avoid um, seaplanes. Remember I was telling you about the float planes? Yeah. And you, you texted me and said that you had this diagnosis. And your attitude throughout has been incredible. How do you do it? Well, it, it's been a journey, and as you know, uh, some folks know, a lot of folks know, and including you, you know, I went through some very dark times and struggles about a dozen years ago, uh, through uh, you know, undiagnosed and untreated PTSD, and uh, you know, I just tried them to, to. I'm using air quotes here, man up and take care of this myself, um, because I'm the guy you come to for help. I don't go to somebody else for help, and it almost killed me. It, I, I was literally on the bridge ready to end my life. And once I started getting help and uh, understanding what was happening, it just made a difference to me. And I, I have choices. I have choices to make of how I feel and how I choose to respond to things. So when, you know, my wife and I were on the road, we were in New York City for the uh, Tribeca Film Festival. And there was a film in there that, that I'm in, a documentary. And we're doing all the New York things. And she goes, yeah, you just don't look good. And, and I, I just I just had a lot of issues that I didn't know was cancer, um, but I wasn't going to spend a day in, in the dock in the box in New York City. I'm going to do my New York City thing. But I went to the VA as soon as I got back, and shout out to the Seattle VA, just super people, just awesome, awesome people. If you're a veteran, I know you've heard bad things about various VAs. Well, my experience with Seattle VA has been awesome, so I, I recommend that you give it a shot. But uh, anyways, my doctor called me up after taking some uh, blood work and, and stuff, and he goes, what are you doing right now? I said, I don't know, just smoking and joking. Doc, what are you doing? What are you, a cop? You know, what do you ask? What's with the questions? You know, and uh, he said, I need you to go to the uh, ER right now. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, all right. And I go to the ER, and 10 minutes later, they're, they're admitting me, and, you know, late at the end of the day, you know, the doctor walks in and asks me, well, how, do you, how do you like your information delivered to you? I'm like, well... Uh, factual, that's always good. 
concise. Let's get to the point and draw me a picture if you need to, because you know that that might help. He says, "Well, you've got a you've got cancer, you've got a big tumor, and we we need to do something about it here pretty quick, or else you know this ain't gonna look good." I'm like, all right, well we're in a hospital. Somebody here's got a scalpel. Let's get going. You know, and um, he asked me later on. He goes, uh, he goes, Mike. You know, when I told you that information, you understood that I that, that I told you you had cancer, right? And I go, oh yeah, absolutely. He says, why, why do you ask? He says, well, people usually react differently. And I go, how so? He says, well, they don't take it well. And I says, well, you you didn't give me the Kobayashi Maru scenario, the no win scenario here. You said here's these things that we can do and that we will do, which tells me that okay. Let's do these things. And I've been in that no-win scenario before, too. So 32, 33 years ago, I was in the front line about to invade Kuwait, and the predicted casualties in my battalion were 90% oh, due to you know, uh, chemical, biological warfare, fire trenches, all that stuff. Um, and so that, that was my Kobayashi Maru no-win scenario moment. This isn't it, Doc. This you're telling me there's things we can do. Let's get let's get to it, and let's just start doing it. And uh, and I think that that really helped. And I think one of the reasons why I went out and I shared this with everybody else is that I tried to do this these things on my own before, and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to put out to everybody that this thing is happening to me. It's not always going to Bora Bora and doing these awesome things. Okay, I'm going through this struggle right now. And I wanted to empower people who are also going through a struggle that they can reach out to. They can put yes. it out. And so we can have a community that can come together. Uh, and and you never you, you think you're in this by yourself and that, you know, nobody knows what's happening and, and, and can empathize with you. But you find out that's not true. And you have this community that's praying for you, that's thinking good thoughts. And that's huge. That's huge. Well, and I, I just lo- you are so loved, and I, I I love the fact that in the midst of your own battle, you are taking part in this event to help others and to help with leukemia research. So, uh, real quick, I want everyone to know we're going to put it on our GN Ursula Show Facebook page. It just was posted. So, if you want to contribute and help Mike out, uh, it's coming up this Saturday, right? No, it's March 10th. March 10th. March 10th. Okay, got, March 10th. We've got a week. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, good. So you've got some time to contribute, and uh, you're going to be climbing how many steps? Uh, uh, over 1,069 uh, floors at the Columbia Tower. There you go. Well, you know what? If anyone can do it, it's you, Mike Washington. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Okay, still ahead, we hear you and words to live by. This is the Gian Ursula Show. at the end of our Wednesday edition of the G and Ursula show. Mike Lewis has been filling in for G and uh, as our fill in co-host, you get the honors of starting first when it comes to our text messages. All right. Uh, on the protest at the city at the Seattle city council, Richard 
had to say. It's pretty clear that the point the council member is trying to make is that the new council is not going to allow the Sawant way of doing business to continue. I've been in several council meetings taken taken over by her minions, and it's disgusting to witness. Basically, it is the, quote, bully strategy. On the Stripper's Bill of Rights, John and Shoreline says, I was a strip club DJ in Las Vegas for five years. This Bill of Rights or an augmented version is desperately needed in Washington. If people really cared about these workers, they would be 100% in support of this. From 253, the workers aren't safe, so let's serve alcohol. Okay, and uh, explain that argument, Mike, real quick. Look, when you bring in alcohol, you bring in all kinds of other regulations. People spend a lot more time actually worrying about the quality of the workplace. They don't now. It, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but it's actually true. Trooper Rick Johnson was on the show this morning. He said not to make any kind of hand gestures or any kind of things that could spark a freeway shooting. Alan says, why can't I give a hand gesture? I love waving at people. <laughs> From 206, one time my wife flipped off a bad driver who cut her off and it ended up being her third grade student's family. <laughs> it was very awkward at work the next day. <laughs> <laughs> 360 says, please remind your listeners that they have no idea what people are going through. So true. My mother was followed from her chemo appointment to another appointment with someone who was road raging her the entire way because she'd made a mistake driving. People really don't know what you're going through. And they have to just, they might have just learned that they are dying or they still have to drive home from that appointment. And I think that's a great great point. Just yep. assume that someone has gone through some kind of Absolutely. tragedy and just give them grace. Absolutely. Why Snohomish County PUD is planning a massive massive power poles in a working class Everett neighborhood. Uh, Frank and Everett because the rich control everything. We, the working class, always get screwed over. On the Asylum Seekers in Tequila, Market Edmonds says, thank you for talking about this. As an immigrant who moved here legally, I see both sides. But the main difference that I've noticed is the disparity between immigrants coming from some European countries and everyone else. The treatment is very different. Exactly. Rental relocation assistance as an alternative to rental increase caps. April, we need rent control in Washington State. It's well known that you shouldn't have to spend more than one third of your wages on housing. Uh, yet, so many people are spending upwards of 50% of their wages just for rent or their mortgage. We are not not living beyond our means out here. We are just not getting paid enough. Our rent is so high. On scenarios, I told my boyfriend to trim his eyebrows and he was furious. Joey says these small things should be easy conversations to have with your partner and easy adjustments we should be able to make. Very uh, true. Annette says my late husband suggested I get a wig because my hair was thinning. I was hurt at first, but then actually played with the idea. And then Vince says, my wife fixes me all the time. I love it. Manicures, pedicures, eyebrows getting plucked. It's wonderful. And in fact, she wrote this text for me. <laughs> Six-pack abs may lead to health risks from health risk, risks from Diane Seattle. If you're going to talk six-pack abs, <laughs> we need photos on your Facebook page. Sorry, G's not here. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's not happening. Uh, Sean in Parkland says, I have a six-pack and all my blood work came up good. Protein is hard on your heart. I eat lots of greens to balance it out. 
From Donnie in McCleary. Uh, in the old days, bodybuilding was not to the extent it is now. Sean Connery, for example, who was well-formed but didn't have the muscle mass Arnold Schwarzenegger has. I have a grandson who's a bodybuilder as well as a lifter. His wife says they are uh, huge. They have muscles on top of muscles. I worry about them all the time because it's just not natural. I'm going to add one more because I thought it was a particularly well-written one from Deborah in Lake Forest Park. And this is regarding the top story that we had both in the 9 o'clock hour and the 10 o'clock hour regarding those asylum seekers and the protests at Seattle City Hall. Uh, Deborah says, I happen to love the many new Americans that make up the fabric of our United States, but it is irresponsible to allow the volume that we have to have human beings go through hell to leave one hell to arrive here and we cannot accommodate them. Seattle, in its idiocy, declared itself to be a sanctuary city with no understanding of what that would look like. And there are just too many for any of the cities. I know people who've had to wait those four years in limbo to have a life. Imagine how long it's going to be now. It's irresponsible. And what was really sad is those poor immigrants last night got a bad name when it looked like more of our professional agitators were the ones causing the problems at the council meeting. Uh, a lot of people weighed in on that topic. Uh, appreciate all of you for all the input that you give. Mike, what do you say? Whenever you fill in, I mean, our listeners are brilliant. I think they're great. It's it's always, to me, that's always the favorite part of the show. Yeah, for me as well. Uh, and with that, it is time for Words to Live By, brought to you by Wilcox Farms. And I was just thinking of... Mike Washington. Again, if you would like to help him out with this stair climb uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, it's a great cause. But he's just someone who's always look, looking at how he can help the community. And this is a quote, never stop doing the little things for others. Sometimes those little things occupy the biggest part of their hearts. And it's just... I love hearing about great people doing great things. Absolutely. So. And a little bit of positive news is yes. always a, nice in the, in the morning, right? <laughs> for sure. Mike, thank you so much again for stepping well, in very last minute. Thank you, Appreciate chef. you. Thank you, Chef, for another great show. And yeah. Nick. Thank well, you, should Nick. I worry more about my looks and their appeal after Mickey comes along and tells us abs are no big deal? All along the notion in our mind to have the strongest build. But when asking all the experts, it'll give your hearts the chills. Although it's not necessary having muscles on your gut. You can still work out your legs and even build a bigger butt. And a happy birthday also to our most delightful Mickey. Take a day to worry less about the sweets and be less peaky. Who needs a six-pack anyways? Go enjoy yourself, Mickey. <laughs> six-pack, it's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Thank you. And with that, we wrap up the Gian Ursula Show. I hope you all have a fabulous Wednesday. Jack and Spike are coming up next. Hope you had as much fun as we have. So long, everybody. Sing your food.